mosquito nets not working. No, no. You have it inside out. There. When do we get to see the animals? In the morning, little one. Now, good night. And don't let the bed bugs paralyze. Homie, did you remember to tip Katanga? No, he did not. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode CABF13. It is Simpson Safari. I am Dando. I am Guy. Dando, how are you, my man? I'm doing very well. I, I, I had a parenting win about 20 minutes ago, so you would be oh. well aware. I've been telling you how you know uh, Holly's going through silent reflux at the moment, which means that she's very unsettled all the time. She can't lean her back for more than five minutes at a time. Basically, oh. she's just been on either Nicholas' chest or my chest for the last two weeks. Um, we're not getting much sleep. It's It's been really, really hard, and I'm not even afraid to admit to the listeners that I pretty much broke down and cried yesterday. I just, I just, I was broken. Out of sheer I'll, frustration. It'll happen. Yeah, I'm frustration sure. and just just the, the, losing the will to to care. Like I, was, I, was just, I was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't go. I was just, I was yeah. knackered, but I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter. So I wake up today and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go into this with a positive mindset because that combined with uh, Elliot's behavior, sometimes when he's just running wild, it was just so much. But anyway, so tonight we're playing with his cars and I gave him the, the usual two-minute warning and he was having none of it. And he threw one hell of a tantrum. He was just throwing things and screaming and throwing punches and kicking and carrying on. It's just outrageous. Just absolutely outrageous behavior. Good Lord. And no- normally, on the yesterday, Brendan, would have lost the plot. I would have screamed. I would have just absolutely just lost it, right? But today, I let him crack it. I was holding him. I kept trying to keep his cool, keep my cool, keep my cool. I gladly, I, I sorry, calmly took the cars out of the room. There was like a little box of cars. I put them into my room, the spare room with, in the studio here. Let him throw his tantrum. And I got down to his eye level and I just spoke to him. I, just, I said, look, mate, give daddy a cuddle. Calm down. Now, I said, that was naughty, wasn't it? I said, now, say, sorry, daddy. I said, sorry, daddy. I said, now, you're going to come down into the other room and you'll help daddy take these cars back into your room and you can pick one car out, okay? He's like, one, one car. So, then we took, we, he held my hand. We came in here. We went back in there. And he picked one car out and he went calmly to bed. And I thought, that's how I'm going to approach parenthood from now on. Positive mental attitude. (laughs) Dando for the win. That is some primo fatherhood right there, my friend. Well done. Yes, I was like, spread of applause for Dando. I was like, I I, I win. I finally win a parenting little... Little battle with Elliot, but um, I was very Bre- proud of myself. But uh, Brendan anyway. won, Elliot zero. <laughs> so Elliot, no, Elliot in your 400. face, kid. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> take the W where you can get it, man. One hundred percent. But um, enough about me um, and the parenting update. So I went into this not really having very fun memories of it. I watched it. I quite enjoyed it, but you just told me that you fucking hated it. So. Tell me why you fucking hated it, because this is actually oh. one of this is actually one of two episodes that uh, former showrunner Mike Reese actually says that he doesn't like as well. There's only two episodes he doesn't like, and this is one of them. Well, Mike Reese is a man of taste and substance. I thought this was just absolute garbage. I'm sorry. Um, just really uh, lazy and snide and pointless. Um, yeah, look, I think I said last week about how. You know, my average uh, note taking on a on a Simpsons episode is about a page, about an A four page of my writing, and you know the last episode. What was the last episode we did? Um, 
The Bye Bye Nerdy. Yeah, Bye Bye Nerdy, which, you know, honestly, compared to uh, Simpsons Safari, is Last Temptation of Homer, which I review as the platinum standard of Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons Safari, no good. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Hot dog, we have a wiener of the worst. <laughs> Bye bye nerdy. I didn't laugh once. I actually laughed a couple of, a few times in this episode. What did you laugh at? If you don't mind me asking, because I mean, so so when Lenny's we're at the supermarket, and Lenny's like, "I'm having a casual party tonight," and then Carl's like, "Casual." And he's dressed up in bowl right. attire. Ding 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 ding. If we're gonna do that thing later, it's like, "What was your favorite moment of this episode, Mister Davis?" And we're like, "I got one, and that's it." <laughs> How Ca- good was it? Casual. Casual. <laughs> <laughs> That was that yeah. was my favorite moment. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, okay, we we uh, we agree on that point. But yeah, otherwise. So what did you what did you think was was lazy? In what way? The gags weren't funny at all. I mean, there was just a lot of really sort of not even sort of Simpsons based gags. I mean, the whole you know Bart and uh, Homer going to high five and just sort of hitting themselves in the face and going dull. What's the point of that? I mean, the also the jerk meter was not just uh, for, on Homer this time. This time around, it was on the whole family. They were, I mean, you know, Lisa was kind of doing, you know, her sort of thing, but and you know, not being uh, not being too terrible, but everyone just seemed sort of cruel and um, and mean and thoughtless and shallow and oh yeah but I just, that's that's what happens though in every episode where the family goes to another country i guess so, so but yeah i was thinking about this and i mean i know you know defenders of the episode or even detractors of this episode will say you know oh we had bart versus australia or we had um you know uh, 30 minutes over tokyo now look bart versus australia gave us little tobias it was an emergency um <laughs> my favorite or 30, 30 minutes over Tokyo gave us one of my all-time favourite Simpsons gags ever, where they're on the plane and uh, Marge says, Japan will be fun. You like Rashomon? That's not how I remember it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sure everyone gets that gag, but just to be ultra film nerdy and break it down for you, Rashomon is a uh, Japanese film uh, about a horrible crime and four witnesses uh, during the court case all remember it from different points of view. So, yeah, for Homer to say, that's not how I remember it, is just... I remember seeing that as a little film geek back in the day and just thinking, that's gold! Oh, I love it so much! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, and um, Simpsons Safari gave us absolutely none of that. I mean, look, they're they're vague stabs at kind of... um, uh, you know, the turbulence of African politics, you know, with leaders sort of changing on a dime and all that kind of stuff. Look, it was not... I won't say it was funny, but it was a, It was sort of... Okay, yeah, I can see what you're kind of going for there. But they just dropped the ball in terms of the execution, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but just the storyline as well, you know, with the... I'm sorry, I mean, I, 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 would, I could come up with... Uh, no, I wish I could come up with better reasons why I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it just didn't sit well i just it's, it I, I, feel, well. I think and it's it, actually it's not very... even because it's not even like an insensitivity thing or a racial thing or anything like that it's just like this just feels like some real first draft shit you know okay yeah yeah well, i mean the, I, I can understand exactly why some people wouldn't like it and i'm not i'm not saying when i say i'm defending i'm not saying it 
that was that was a great episode. It just wasn't as bad. I mean, maybe because I went in with such low expectations. I don't know, but I just found myself laughing. Maybe it's because I'm just so used to like my. I guess you could say my expectations of the quality now from The Simpsons has dropped immensely since, say, like season five or six. That I can watch these ones now and go, "Oh yeah, this is funny." Where if I watched this backed up with, say, you know, The Last Temptation of Homer, like you said, I would probably go, "Well, this is fucking horrendous." But I don't know. I just I just found myself not expecting a story because I know when The Simpsons go to another country, the stories are generally the sort of like the. That they they put in the back pedal for the sa- for the sake of just uh, sight gags at the country's expense. I guess so. Yeah. I, look, I I see where you're coming from, but uh, yeah, just n- none of it really sat right with me. For yeah, I wish I could you know articulate why. And I mean, I like. like do, I, do you mean I, like you were offended by it or no? Well, not offended by any of the any of the stereotypes or any of the sort of African archetypes or anything like that. Just it just felt so. Um, it it felt rushed in the writing and mean spirited as well, particularly when it came to the family. I mean, you know, I mean they were they weren't going out of their way to insult Africa, but they were just sort of being dumb and crude about everything. What weren't they being dumb and crude about in Australia? I guess not, but even but that felt like a bit sort of that felt so broad and almost good humoured. To, to some extent. I mean, it didn't feel like they were being necessarily cruel. It was more sort of cheeky than anything else when they came to Australia. I'd, and um, I'm going to have to rewatch um, the Jap- the one in Japan. But uh... it was interesting because uh, showrunner Matt Salmon, uh, I'm not sure, was he showrunner? Maybe it was just director Matt Salmon. Maybe it was just director Matt Salmon said that uh, they deliberately went out of their way because John Swartz sort of wrote the script. So when they're re- touching up his script, they deliberately went out of their way to include things that were factually wrong, purely to annoy the viewers who look for factual errors. Like, and I'm just sort of thinking, I don't know if your approach should be going out of your way to piss people off. But on that note, though, that was what I appreciate with Bart versus Australia. And when you go back and do research in that episode, so many people from Australia complained and sent letters to Fox complaining about mm. the episode, saying we're not like this. This isn't. They're portraying us in a negative light. They're portraying us as dumb. They're portraying us as bogans. Our prime minister's naked in a dam. But then the thing is, though, that's the joke. We're not like that. Where uh. with this episode here, they're doing all these things, you know, taking the Mickey out of Africa. But that's the joke. The joke is that. This isn't what the country's like. Yeah, you're right. But, yeah, again, it's not really it's not really the shows or the episodes depiction of Africa that uh, that really annoyed me. It was the, the depiction of the Simpson family. I mean, I, we've talked a bit about Jackass Homer in um, in in recent episodes or, or past episodes, and uh, they really sort of let him off the chain with this one. I mean, he was just obnoxious from go to woe this time around and I've got the biggest soft spot for Homer you know of, of anyone I would reckon do you mean like now I'm in Australia now I'm in America Australia America Australia America <laughs> uh, look I'm, I'm partial to that that's fine but um, <laughs> you know the whole you know being cruel to the bag boys and then like I was, I was starting well, to say that, before that, about- that was based on an actual thing that happened okay well that's cool but I mean <laughs> they're probably entitled. They probably get shit wages, and they're probably entitled to it. You know, <laughs> you know, fifteen but, cents more an hour but, or whatever. But, but you're right. Was- though, I, my, one of my one of my notes was that they've made the people of Springfield be jerks for the sake of the story. Which, yeah, I don't know. Just sort of, 
It's annoying when you can go from hungry, hungry Homer, Homer, you know, where he was actually, you know, fighting for a good cause. Mm. He sticks it out and he succeeds. And then two episodes later, he's poking a guy with a breadstick, telling him to hurry up. You know, it's very that that they just there's no consistency with the character of Homer anymore. Yeah, and I don't mind when Homer sort of, you know, acts entitled or sort of gets you know on his. I'm Homer Simpson, and the you know when he gets his sort of ugly American on. I don't mind that as, as as long as it's kind of deflated fairly quickly and fairly cleverly. You know, I I like I like Homer to be kind of a dope or a, you know adult, a good-hearted one or a good-natured one, and occasionally when he sort of gets ideas above his station, I'm not saying that to be a snob, but when he sort of like starts throwing his a weight around metaphorically, I like it when someone brings it back down to earth, and not necessarily the people who are you know, literally above him in station, like, say, Mr. Burns or, you know, some other sort of, um, you know, prominent member of Springfield Society. I mean, you know, it could be it could be Apu, it could be Mo or anyone like that to sort of bring him back down to earth. And it didn't seem like anyone was doing that this time around. It just seemed like he was just strutting around being an absolute dick uh, to all and sundry, and no one was really calling him on it. I mean... I'm sorry, I keep yeah, trying to bring this thing up, but the whole, the whole thing with the fossil, and um, you know when oh, and he was saying oh, I'm very, you have let me down. I'm very disappointed. It's like I know this is meant to be him, sort of you know. There's being, no real. Ig- jo- there's no joke there, though. Yeah. There's no joke there. I mean, him being ignorant in the face of like you know a massive archaeological discovery or something like that. But no, none of it worked for me, and it seemed to bleed over into into Bart as well, and and neither Marge nor Lisa, who were kind of the counterbalance usually, had anything to, um, could uh, do anything to sort of even even things out, even the ledger. Well, well I think I think Lisa was being cultural, culturally sensitive. I think she was, mm. you know, she, for the entire time she was impressed with Dr. Bushwell, aka Jane Goodall, what she was mm. doing. What do you think of the whole Jane Goodall uh, impersonation where they turned her into a supervillain? <laughs> I think it's one of the one of those ideas that's better in theory than in practice. I knew you wouldn't like because I know how much you love Jane Goodall. I love Jane Goodall. I think Jane Goodall's great. No, but I don't think you know she's <laughs> uh, to quote Stephen Seagal, "No one's above the law," um, and not even Jane Goodall. I mean, everyone can be taken the piss out of, and the idea that someone who is you know basically close to a human saint as Jane Goodall painting her as like, no, she's actually getting chimps to you know. You know, work in a legal diamond mine, Temple like, of Doom. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. It's kind of funny. And look again, props to Tress McNeil who who voiced the character. You know, I think she gave it her all, but yeah, it just didn't play. It just didn't play right for me. It just um, it felt overblown. Um, a good idea that was not followed through in the writing. You know that none of the gags were all that funny. Hey, my favorite. So your favorite moment for the episode was casual. Casual. <laughs> yes. You gotta admit the delivery on that was freaking great. That was yeah. And it's one of those to, to me, it sort of is it, it got me in the same way Homer playing devil's advocate, where it just yeah. out of nowhere, completely outrageous and absurd, but that it's just so perfect. Casual. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um and for some reason, this tickled me. And 
Normally, I would turn my head up, turn my nose up and say, this is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. But because it's one of those episodes where I went in knowing, okay, it's going to be ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous because they're going to another country. When the rhino comes out of the egg and Homer's like, what did you just see, Lisa? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I get it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm letting the side down this uh, this episode, Dan. I need I need to be able to explain better why it just didn't work for me. But it just didn't work for me. And I did think you get, it, did you get laid last night? And how? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next question. You there eating the paste? Four Finger Discount Trivia is brought to you by our $20 patrons, Jordan, Mole Man, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion. By the way, good haircut, Andrew Zer. Uh, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, Kane Von Nagy, Josh Hedge, Sean Davey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Belson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James, Bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, Nicole, Catalina Wine Mixer, George McMenemy, Zach Pruitt, and Jonathan Rossi. Also, shout-outs to our new $5-plus patrons. We have got this week, uh, Zach the Ripper has returned. Seth Weens has returned. Thank you so much, guys. New $8 patron, Daniel Jeffries. Double thumbs up to you, sir. And new $5 patron, Kenny Horn, as well as our new patron, Scott Abbott. Thank you so much for joining up to Patreon. Do appreciate your support. Remember, guys, if you want to be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, you're just going to be a four-finger discount patron where you also get access to this podcast a week early and all our other podcasts that we do a week early as well. Some of them even more than a week early. We've got Talking Seinfeld, Tales of Futurama, Take It Like a Mandalorian, and so much more. They all start with T's. I never sort of realized that. <laughs> you also get access into the Facebook group as well, plus prize draws and so much more for as little as $1 per month. But that is enough with the new names. It is time for some trivia, Mr. Davis. Take it away, sir. All right, I have approximately three questions. I'm surprised you've even got three. I know. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised you just didn't throw trivia out the window. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question one. How much does this episode suck? <laughs> That's not a question. Okay, what is the name of the Bag Boys Union? The Brotherhood of Fruit Packers and Unpackers? That is nowhere near correct. Damn it. That's, that's one of the ones that... Ah, oh, that's one of the ones that Kent Brockman reads out during the press conference. That's a, that's another one of the uh, ones that, 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 that that's one of the ones that joins the joins them. Yeah, that is correct. the the uh, The name that is cited by the Bag Boy uh, is Sack Stuffers Local One Nine Nine. Okay, okay. Uh, my first question is: What TV show was on Homer's lunchbox? Oh, it was Burke's Law. Burke's Law. Now, the only Burke that I know in my life is the one that has a backyard. <laughs> who, we won't, who we won't go into because he um, has somewhat of a tainted rep- reputation now. Yes, he turned out to be a bit of a sex pest. Um, yeah. uh, but I remember Burke's Law used to be sort of... Channel 9 used to show it overnight. I don't think I... But it was usually like maybe 3 in the morning, so you had to be like a real... You had to be a shift worker or a total insomniac. It got like the Thunderbirds treatment. Fucking 5am on a Saturday morning. Uh, my next question to you... Uh, where do Homer, Bart, and Lisa go shopping for groceries? What is the name of the big uh, cost, supermarket? Cosmo? Cosmo Foods. Cosmo Foods, yes. Yes, indeed. I, do, I, do, I did enjoy the shopping, but we'll get to that in a minute. So, uh, what is the name of Dr. Bushwell's main chimp? A little lackey. Oh. Was it pointy? That's it's, it's, it's it's one half of the worst name that Mo's ever heard. Oh, uh, 
Joe? Jojo. Jojo. It was Jojo? Okay. Hey, Joey Jojo. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joey Jojo. <laughs> oh, I always enjoyed that. <laughs> Joey Jojo Jr. Joe, Shabadoo. Jojo Shabadoo. <laughs> That's the worst name I ever heard. Hey, Joey Jojo. <laughs> Uh, let's remember the good times. Anyway, um, uh, hey, next. But, but t- just letting you guys know that Guy and I, we will be going back and doing some of the classic episodes of The Simpsons. So stay tuned for that. We cannot wait. Yes, indeed. And uh, uh, <laughs> oh. maybe, maybe maybe we should start with uh, the Last Temptation of Homer, since that's your gold standard. Maybe we should. Although I think we should sort of be a bit chronological about. Oh, well, yeah, we we'll, should definitely. We'll go with season one, see if we can find some good ones there. But um, oh, there's, there's plenty of good ones. Indeed. We'll find them and we'll talk about them. Yes. We will indeed. Uh, do I have What's a question your, for you? Your yes, final I question. do. Yes. I do. Uh, what is the final new name of Tanzania as announced on the plane? Ah, uh, Pepsi presents something. Pepsi presents new... Ah, uh, fuck. Uh, starts with a Z. Nah, gone. It starts with a Z. Give me three more seconds. Nah, I've lost it. What is it? Pepsi presents New Zanzibar. New Zanzibar. <laughs> Always reminds me of that Tenacious D song. But I'll order it from Zanzibar. <laughs> uh, what's that song called? Um, Fuck Her Softly? Did you, hear, did you ever hear that that original Tenacious D album? Um, I've heard some of it, but um, I was actually I, I put together a bit of a early two, late 90s, early 2000s playlist the other day of songs that I'd you know, downloaded off Napster or LimeWire or one of those. You know, when it took you ages to get like one single song as opposed to you, an album. You get, you get 23% through and you listen to your progress. It's like 12 oh, yeah, seconds absolutely. of the song. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a couple of Tenacious D ones on there, like uh, with Karate or Kick Your Ass and uh, my, business, my Business is the Shiznit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And one of my favourite, Bill, Why Did You Spooge? I don't know that one. Um, I don't Can't know if it's remember. a whole song actually, but it's just a bit about... Um, uh, why did Bill Clinton um, <laughs> leave a stain on Monica Lewinsky's blue dress? Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> I just their song um, tribute. It's one of those ones where I feel like it's never, never going to die. It's all like at a, at a karaoke bar every night. You know, it's going to be pu- uh, pulled out at least once. It's one of those great songs that you know. It's um, it's a piss take, but it also works as a as a rad song by itself. Uh, everyone just loves to go, and he said. <laughs> uh, one, of my, one of my favorite memories of going to a live gig was I went to the Foo Fighters of Nicola purely to watch Tenacious D open, and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, my final question, though, for Simpson Safari is, according to Greenpeace, how long was the monkey mineshaft? Uh, five miles deep. Yeah, about five miles deep, which is a long way. That is a heck of a long... Uh, that's Journey to the Centre of the Earth style. Actually, no, it's, probably, actually, no, it's nowhere near there. It's pretty deep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, forgetting how, I'm forgetting how big the world is. The world's pretty big. <laughs> All right, so let's get to our view of Simpsons Safari. I feel like it's going to be a short one. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. We'll see how we go. The, so, you know what's funny? So, maybe this episode was just one big April Fool's gag on Honours viewers because it originally aired April 1st, 2001. Ah, there we have it. There we have it. Uh, so the chalk, chalk gag was a, a chalk gag that feels very, very old school, very earlier seasons uh, in qualities. I will not flush evidence. It's mm. not like it's not pop, not pop culture related. It's not topical. It's just classic, yeah. you know, but shenanigans. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bart's misbehaving. Yes. And the couch gag was my favorite couch gag of all is the classic Simpsons circus where they just just goes into one big extravaganza. I think it's the most iconic Simpsons couch gag of all time. It's my favorite anyway. So the episode kicks off with Homer, Bart and Lisa shopping at Cosmo Foods. Um, Homer is being fooled by Bart and Lisa into like they're trying to justify putting everything in the shopping carpet uh, in the shopping cart I should say Lisa's like I've got, I need these cupcakes to uh to learn that's li- that's literally <laughs> though what it's like when you go shopping when you're a kid it's like I, I need these and it's like why it's like I'm just trying to think of something on the spot but I really need these juice boxes <laughs> but I, I just love Homer's like I need this bit in the cart woohoo <laughs> I did like him saying what was it my doctor said and my garage mechanic agreed <laughs> it just oh, reminded me of going, going to the, uh, the supermarket with mum and when I wasn't going to the video store and actually walked around the supermarket with her just every aisle there would be at least one treat I'd try and convince her there is a real <laughs> logical reason why I need this treat <laughs> uh, Maggie this was silly so they're at the doctors Maggie and Marge because Maggie swallowed a magazine I'm like what? yes even that, even the line that led into that, you know, I wish Maggie had to go to the emergency room more often. It's like, maybe this just got me in a bad mood. I think, I think, I think partly you've obviously gone into this frustrated about something. Because it, Pro- you're like, maybe, norm- maybe. I don't feel like you would normally be this angry about an episode, but I feel like, like, that's not entirely the reason, but I feel like you've obviously just watched this in somewhat of a niggly mood. <laughs> and Honestly, it's just I, pushed I you off the edge. In- I went in with zero expectations. I barely remembered anything about it. Um, and, yeah, for some reason, every note was just sort of like, you know, when you've got sensitive teeth and you, um, you know, you're eating ice cream or whatever and all of a sudden, ah, ah, you know, something hits a nerve. <laughs> Can you do that again? Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, I'm, I'm clearly a ball to go out to dinner with. <laughs> that's um, that's funnier than the episode. <laughs> but it, it was uh, sometimes I find though, if I'm doing a review, there was an episode recently that I watched, and I just didn't like it. It just I just couldn't pinpoint what it was. Mm. I was just like, this is just annoying me. It's shit. So I waited the next day and I rewatched it. I maybe even mentioned it in the review. It was, it was it would have been about five or six episodes ago, and yeah. I just rewatched it. And maybe it's just a different mindset. I don't know. Just, you know, it wasn't so tired. But I enjoyed it a lot more. So maybe, I mean, I'm not saying this episode is any good. And I'm not saying mm. that, you, that you would have liked this episode if you watched it a second time. But maybe sometimes you just need to rewatch it because sometimes you're just not ready for the quality that The Simpsons dishes up sometimes. Brendan Dando, you're an authority on all things Simpsons and a, <clears throat> and a, a sage fellow when it comes to human behavior. But uh, believe me when I tell you this, I am never, ever, ever watching Simpsons Safari again. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever. Not even the patrons pay you a million dollars to watch it again. If you put it that way. <laughs> All right. Start so, start the kick cut start the Kickstarter patrons. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Through. We'll we'll do it. Uh, not it doesn't even have to be for a million dollars, but if we if we do it for a certain amount, um we'll do it and I'll record my reaction and put it online. Here's this here's how about this one? I'll make it I'll go yeah, one and, step further. And, step further. and I mean, I mean, video record it, not just not just me going, yeah, Ugh. yeah, or not just me going. <laughs> every, every, right, here we go. If we can get, we'll put a dollar amount. If we can get that dollar amount, if we can get past that uh, that achievement, guy will watch Simpson Safari live streamed on a loop for twenty four hours. 
oh my god <laughs> um, you're a, I'm a busy man. You're assuming I've got 24 hours to do that. Um, yeah, or, but, oh, for a certain I, amount of money, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll make Guy Davis watch Simpsons Safari 50 times in a row for a certain amount. Stay tuned, oh patrons. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would chip in for that. It'd be great. Oh, God. <laughs> I just imagine your reaction after like the seventh time you've had oh. to watch. <laughs> oh, to quote... To quote Boy George, do you really want to hurt me? And, I do, yes. I the, really do. The, answer, the answer is yes, clearly. <laughs> so Maggie's got the Time magazine in her stomach. Anyway, just silly. So Homer, Angus and Moe now being very rude to the bag boys. Now, I remember being in America. It was the very first night we'd been... We landed, so we landed in LA that morning. Nicola made me walk up to the top of that fucking... Some, some like hill near the Hollywood sign. Um, oh, like Runyon... Is it Runyon Canyon? Nah, it's, it's, it's near there. It's got the um ah oh, shit, Griffith Park Observatory. Observatory. Oh, the old Griffith Observatory. Oh yeah, yes. that's yeah. yeah, that place yeah. is famous. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking. It was it was great. I mean, I was like coming off of a sixteen-hour flight though, and then Nicola within yeah. half an hour was like, "Let's go do this." I'm like, Nicola, let's go to bed. She's like, "No, so we're <laughs> gonna stay up all day." So we went and did that. We got back and we're on the at the supermarket on the way home, and this is my first experience with tipping. So we're at the checkout. And, you know, in Australia, you either go to the self-serve checkout if you can't be far to communicate with another human being and you just do mm. it yourself. Or you put your shit on the on the uh, conveyor. The person's asked how you're going. They don't really care, but they ask how you're going. They scan your shit. They put it in a bag. You pay for it. You leave. Right? That's yes. Australia for you, folks. Right? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. in America, at this supermarket, I put it on... They put my basket on this, tr- on this uh, conveyor, but then I had to then take it out and put it onto the... Each, I'd like hand... hand each piece to the person who scanned it, right? Yeah. Who then gave it to another guy who was standing next to him and he was putting it into these paper bags. And I was like, that's weird. This feels like double handling. Why can't this guy just put it into the paper bags? Well, what's the point? And he's passing it and passing it and passing it. And it gets to the end. And this guy who was just being passed my food and putting it into a paper bag wanted to be tipped. And in my mind, I'm like, well, hang on a second. What the fuck? Like, how is this a job? Like, you're just standing there putting shit in a bag. What? Why can't that dude just do it? So, the guy who was working, scanning the things, wanted a tip. He had a little tip jar thing. And the guy putting yeah. the shit in my bag also wanted a tip for putting my food in a fucking bag. I'm like... You, you had to what? double tip at the, at the supermarket. At the supermarket. At the supermarket. They, they, they expected me to double... And I, you know, you know, I was just like, whatever. So, I just tipped a couple of dollars. I don't know what was going on. But I said to Nicola... What the fuck? Like this guy's just stand. His job is to stand there, be handed food from the guy who scanned it, and then put it into a paper bag, and then he gets tipped for that. Like, what is this crazy country? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have never, I have honestly never heard that before about tipping at the supermarket. I understand but- tipping, tipping your wait staff, tipping the uh, the person at um, at the hotel who carries your bags to your room. Um, this guy literally valet? was standing. He was standing next to the checkout guy, just putting shit into a paper bag, and he wanted money for it. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, that's that sounds like a scam. <laughs> this, this, is just like his, a, this is just his mate who's wearing his the worker's yeah. second uniform. <laughs> that sounds like a total grift. Oh, uh, man, but I fell for it. I gave him a tip anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's my bag boy story. So um, yeah, fuck bag boys. <laughs> I can see but, now. I can see why you are probably Team Simpsons Nick, in this. In this, Nicholas regard. just walked in with uh with Elliot on the monitor. So apologies if you hear the chimes of these 
nighttime song going off through the monitor. That means he's awake and he's ready to uh, go for round two. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so Homer, Mo, and Agnes being very rude to the bag boys. Wait, I changed my mind. Stack it in the order. I'll eat it driving home. Sir, please. I've already bagged it by color and an order of each item's discovery by man. The customer's always right. That's what everybody likes about us. Now, mush. You tell him, Jumbo. And you, start over. I want everything in one bag. Yes, ma'am. But I don't want the bag to be heavy. Well, I don't think that's possible. What are you, the possible police? Just do it. Hey, hey, watch what you're doing there, sack monkey. You're bruising my Duralog. Hurry up! I can't stand here jabbing you all day. Please, ow, stop. Bag boys have feelings too, you know. No, you don't. Uh, excuse me, is there a problem here? No, I can handle it. I'll get you, Squealer. Ow, oh, that's it. On behalf of Sack Stuffers Local 199, I'm calling a strike. Strike! 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 Oh, the bag boys are on strike! I'm shaking! Mr. Simpson, please, will you go home? If I can have this rubber stick. So they've got on strike. Um, Homer's just caused somewhat of a ruckus. It's just, I don't know. I know it's based off a real thing where bad boys apparently went on strike or something, but it's just like, I don't know. When they, when they make these characters cruel for the sake of a story, it always just comes across a bit just like lazy. I, I guess you, when you said, you mentioned lazy at the start of this episode, this is where it felt lazy for me. I'm like, ugh. And the fact that it it really meant nothing in the end, like it it, it led to Homer being hungry, but it's yeah. like, what? why was Homer hungry when he could just, you could still go buy food. Like there's no there's no bag boys at the Quickie Mart. Like what? Why is all of a sudden? Yeah. Like what? Why couldn't they? Why is all of a sudden everyone in Springfield out of food because they, they can't? They like, ran out of food that quickly. I mean. But what, why? Why did they run out of food? I've no idea. The food was still there. Like what? what I, I know what you mean when they. The, the, when I know what you mean by the the house ran out of food, but it's like what? What's stopping them from going to just buy food? I know they got the 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 bag boys on the roof that are like jabbing them and scaring the yeah. people away, but it's like. That's really all you could come up with. Yeah, it, it honestly felt like, um, yeah, the the writers or the creative team just sort of thumbing their nose at the audience at this stage, doing that whole thing about, oh, we've got to do something ridiculous as the inciting incident, to, you know, so we can get to the real story. Oh, we're going to make it as not as complex or convoluted as possible that they'll end up in the uh, end up in the attic and find this old box of. Well, sorry to jump ahead. But, uh, you know... Oh, I feel free to jump ahead. <laughs> yeah, to, to, you know, to get to the attic, to find this box of animal crackers, it's got a gold animal cracker in it that gets Homer and the family a trip to, uh, a, a trip to Africa. Oh, and then, but wait a minute, no, you know, no, it's still invalid, but, oh, it, something else happened and now they've got a trip to Africa. It's like, how, how much time was spent on that? I mean, a good third well, of the episode, well, I'd well, say? Let's, let's find out. Let's type in the free kiak, Simpsons Africa... And let's see how long into the episode it is. Homer says Simpsons are going to Africa at the seven-minute mark of the episode. That is just shy of one-third of the episode. Hmm. The whole first act is devoted to just this unfunny setup. So, uh, shame on you, Simpson Safari. It's a trait of season 12, though, where, and even season 11. A trait of the Scully era, I'll even say, where mm. the first act is sort of inconsequential to the rest of the episode. Like, it's just like... All this stuff happens and then something at the very end of the act happens and that triggers the rest of the episode. But 
I don't know. Like this one here just sort of felt like you did all of that just to get the family into the attic for Homer to find the old cookies. Like why couldn't yeah. they just go up to the attic? For what was Yeah, I mean if if you are gonna do something along these lines <sighs> it's the it's the dumbest cultural criticism to say, make it funnier. But you know, make it funnier. Stupid TV. Be more funny. Funny, yeah. No, I, I feel like Homer sort of, why don't you funnier? <laughs> Your little millhouse. When are they going to get to the humour? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so basically Homer's now won, not won, he, um, well, he won the, he found the giraffe. He would have won a, tic- a trip to Africa in like 1960, whatever. Mm. That show aired in like 1963 or whatever. So it was a long time ago in the 60s. But because, um, it's been so long ago. They said you're not going to get one. Then the lunchbox, the little, what do you call it? The string, I guess you could say. The lunchbox yeah. snaps, hits him. Is it a lunchbox? No, it's the cookie box. Um, the hits cookie him box. in the eye and they give him a trip to Africa so he doesn't sue them. It's like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. There's not much more to really discuss. <laughs> no, no. But that, yeah. For it to culminate in that whole, the Simpsons are going to Africa. It's like, I think they've sort of done that enough or either the Simpsons has done that enough or... You know, sitcoms have done that enough. The Bradys are going to Hawaii or that, something. I think, I think they, this was a piss take, though. I mean, they, didn't they do it last week? It was like the Simpsons are going to Legoland. Didn't he say that like yeah. last week? Yeah, I, they've done it enough times that yeah, it's sort of it's become a joke in itself. So uh, yeah, hmm. and we get uh, Nagungu worried because there's a great evil coming. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're now we're now on the plane and. All the different Tansy has gone through different names, so it's Pepsi presents. Oh, here we go. Yeah, New Zanzibar. I knew I had it in my notes somewhere. They get greeted by <laughs> Katenge, who was voiced by Hank Azaria, yeah. which <laughs> feels kind of problematic in 2020. It's like I can kind of see now that I Indeed, don't know. That this is, is is it though, or is it just me being a 30 year old white boy being offended for people who probably aren't offended by the probably fact that Hank Azaria yeah. voiced it? I think there may be a lot to that. Yes, I think. Um a lot of us have a tendency to be offended for people who probably aren't that offended. Hello, hello, Simpsons. Welcome to Africa. I am your guide, Kitenge. Hey, how you Hi. doing? Hi. Oh, Good on. Isn't that cute? A bush baby. Where? Shoo, shoo. Oh, man, I just bought this shirt. Then they arrive at the treehouse. And that treehouse does look pretty legit. Man, imagine how great it would be to live in a tree like that. <laughs> it, well, I've told... Did I, did I tell you about the time I went to Africa? I think you told me you've been to Africa, but I can't remember the story. Give me the, give me the brief synopsis oh. and I'll tell you if you've told me or not. Oh, well, I went um, about 10 years ago on a National Geographic trip. Uh, went to Kenya with a bunch of other journos. And um, yeah, we uh, stayed at this uh, lovely sort of uh, encampment and went out on... Uh, went out on safari and, uh, you know, I saw the big five animals and uh, all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, but it was, I won't say their thing, their accommodation or that was reminiscent of where I stayed, but we, we had these lovely sort of glamping tents and, uh, you know, I was woken up at five in the morning by this thump, 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 and there was an elephant, like, walking within ten feet of the No tent. shit. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and you'd go to sleep and you could hear the lions across the river, not roaring, but doing this sort of, you know, it was, it was fantastic, man. I mean, oh God, I will, I will never forget 
Uh, I spent 10 days in Africa and I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. It was marvellous. I loved it. Loved. Kimberly. Maybe that's why I don't like this episode because it's shitting on something that you have such a fun memory of. That's quite possible. But they're also... But, but that's the thing. It's not really shitting on Africa. I don't think I've got a problem with the, with its depiction of Africa, even if it does sort of play fast and loose with certain things. I mean, when they, you know, they say, okay, they're in Tanzania, well, or New Zanzibar as they call it. And then it's like, oh, here's the Maasai tribe. And I'm like... Wait a minute, Maasai's Kenya because I was on the Maasai Mara. So I did a bit of Googling. It's like, oh, well, no, the Maasai tribe is actually partially Tanzania, partially Kenya. Okay, they got that part right. Admittedly, the Maasai do not do the thing with the um, the neck rings and the lip discs. They don't do that. So well, that's, that's, one of- that's actually, so this episode here is deliberately meant to be all over the shop. So Mark Kirkland, who directed this episode, when he read the script for the first time, he said, none of this makes any sense because I've been, he spent like a bit of his childhood in Africa. Yes. And he just said, "No, this isn't here. They can't. They can't be going to Mount Kosi- well, Kilimanjaro and then be doing this, that, and the other because they're nowhere near each other." But well, that's ki- just sort of the tongue and choke, t- uh, tongue and cheek humor of the episode. Is that yeah? Because I mean, this makes I think logistical Victor- sense, but yeah, I think Victoria Falls is like South Africa, and I mean Kilimanjaro is not entirely outside the realms of possibility, depending on how far they're traveling on the. I think they're on the Zambezi River, which kind of makes sense. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff that actually feels legit although it's probably not but it's not <laughs> you know it's not like an um if they'd made another episode in australia and said oh you know turn right at adelaide and you'll end up in um in Uluru or something yeah or something along those lines um but you're right i mean it did sort of throw a lot of african tropes in there and that, but that didn't really worry me so much it was just it was really just the way the the Simpsons and particularly Homer conducted themselves this time around. I just yeah, but, I found I found Homer so dislikable. Yeah, no, I completely I can completely understand. He was very unlikable in this episode. I'll normally forgive the guy a lot of his uh, a lot of his transgressions, a lot of his buffoonery and all that kind of stuff. But this time around, he just felt like he just felt like a straight put, up penis. Put, yeah, putting people down all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or you know, just feeling or being very sort of full of himself. I mean, that whole thing. I'm cutting ahead again, but you know, they go off the um, off the falls and end up in that flower, and it's like, oh no, the flower is trying to is, and Homer sort of walks out and goes, "It's a flower." I mean, I can. S- I thought that was funny because I'm like, yeah, well, it yeah. kind of makes sense because like you, you think, I mean, years of playing Mario as a child, you get eaten by one of those flowers, you're fucking dead, or you know, Crash Bandicoot. One of those flight traps gets you, you ain't surviving. But then I'm yeah. just like, it's just a flower. <laughs> Under different circumstances, I mean, if, I don't know, if he'd been less dickish this episode, I probably would have, you know, let that one roll and thought it was kind of funny. But he'd been so, so annoying up until that point that this again read as just like, oh, man, not liking you this time around, dude. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we now return you to the review already in progress. <laughs> Bart has got his mosquito net inside out. So it ends with uh, Marge saying, did you remember to tip Katenge? No, he did not. Bart <laughs> <laughs> uh, is then crossing off all the animals he's seen off the list. Lisa thinks she's being called a pig by Bart, but no, she has a warthog behind her. Oh, I loved. I, I was a big fan of warthogs when I was in, when I was in Kenya. I'm so, I'm going to be one of those dickheads who's like, "Hey, that time I was in Kenya, I really liked this thing." But um, did yeah. I did I did I have I mentioned that I interviewed Quentin Tarantino before? I was I was going to name drop before because you mentioned Tenacious D and say, "Did I tell you about the time I interviewed Jack Black?" Nice. Did guy. you really? I did. Um, he seems so like cool. he he just seems like a cool guy. 
he was he was a very nice fellow. It was for School of Rock. That's what we he was. I reckon, in you, might for, to- for I reckon you might have told me this before, actually, but I can't remember what you said. Yeah, um, I don't remember a great deal about it, but I do remember that he was a nice fellow. So there we yeah. go. He just is the kind of person who, even if he couldn't be fucked doing interviews, he'd still be polite because he knows it's your job. Exactly right, yes. So uh, that was uh, my Jack Black story. This has been Name Dropping with your host, Guy Davis. (laughs) (laughs) So they see the animals. It's very reminiscent of the Lion King intro, the circle of life, walking in front of the sun. But Homer's more interested in the... 10,000 kilometre speedo ticking over. Taking the it's, not even it's not even 100,000. It's 10,000. <laughs> but it's, there's something about it. When it's an exact number, I, I mean, my car is now 17 years old and it just ticked over to 150,000 Ks on the weekend. Wow. And I was like ah. counting down. I was like, 149,996. <laughs> and I was nearly at home and I... Kept going past the turn off so I can get to 150 so I could see it take a photo. <laughs> <laughs> and you did take a photo. Because oh, I, I knew that I would forget it. And I'd, I'd like drive the next time to work, look down and see 150,004 and be so disappointed that I'll never ever get the chance again to see 150,000 exactly. <laughs> now we sit quietly and wait for nature to unveil herself. Wait, rhinos don't come from eggs. What did you just see, Lisa? I know, but what did you just see? Hmm. The cheetah. This is even this. Like the cheetah. Was it a cheetah or a leopard? I think it was a cheetah. It's Africa. The cheetah was coming right up to Marge. Marge screams. The cheetah runs away scared. I was like, what was the joke there? I don't get it. <laughs> no, nah, nor do I really. It's just Marge screams and the cheetah's afraid of her. I'm like, okay, it's, yeah. I guess so. Um, Katenge and Homer are then singing a song. Apparently, this is an actual big hit song in Africa. Yes, and they by had. I Angelique Kidjo. Okay, yeah. And they had. Had Akazaria uh, learn the song phonetically so that he could actually sing it correctly as the voice of Katenge. By the way, Angelique Kidjo, my second favorite uh, African artist name to say. My first, Lady Smith Black Mambazo. Yeah. What's your favorite song? I don't have one. I don't know any of their songs. I just know the name of the band. Okay. <laughs> Although my favourite African artist is a gentleman named Fela Kuti. I recommend okay. you, um, yeah, look him up on YouTube or wherever, you, wherever good music is found. Probably Spotify. <laughs> I feel in a normal episode that didn't have enough, didn't have too much jerk-ass Homer, you would like this next joke from Homer where he's talking about poachers being nature's way of keeping the balance. Yes, I mean, because that you've defended, you've defended shit like this in the past, saying how funny it is. If this wasn't in this episode, I reckon you would enjoy it. I think so. Look, if there were, there are so many bad gags that even like a a marginally good gag would kind of shine through normally. But I think that this time there are so many sort of bad gags and lazy gags, like the cheetah thing you just mentioned. What was the point of that? No, yeah, point there was no that. point. Yeah. yeah so. When you get a halfway decent line, like, yeah, poachers are nature's way of striking the balance. Or, you know, going back, oh, I wish Maggie had to go to the emergency room more often. If this was a funnier episode, or at the very least, a not nicer episode, but uh, less callous episode, then mm-hmm. lines like that would probably hit a bit better. They've got a little bit of spice on them, a little bit of hot sauce. Like, oh, that's, you know, <laughs> that's a bit edgier than we expect from Springfield's favourite family. But, yeah, the tone of this episode is so prickish and dickish 
that uh, yeah, even a line like that just lands as I don't know, kind of smart ass as opposed to smart. Because it reminded me of the time when he looked at the refugees and oh, look at these refugees. How about a smile? <laughs> this line felt very similar to that moment anyway. But uh, yeah. Katenge, he scares away the poachers with his gun. Another thing, they, they forgot their cargo pants. I'm like, huh? Yeah, is this a joke? What? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> so, where, uh, this, and then this is another moment where he shows home with the two million year old body and Homer's just not impressed you have failed mm. that's that should be that would be the title of your review <laughs> I mean you, you know the you know the movie War Card yeah yeah I mean you know the bit where uh, Dewey Cox goes in to record his um, record his demo mm. and the guy who's the engineer is basically saying well, you've just categorically failed, sir. Yeah, you are no good. Just really tail strips off him. He's like, you've, you've ruined my faith in the in the taste of the Jewish people. All this kind of stuff. Good I day, mean, that's sir. A good, that's, that's a really good example of that. And this is a bad example of that. I mean, I, I like it. I don't mind a gag when someone sort of, you know, is faced with something that is, you know, quite monumental or, or brilliant or whatever and just goes, eh, wrong, fail, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I... I hate to bring up Billy Madison again because I know that you're not overly fond of the movie, but you know at the I end, I like Billy Madison big... fine. Where'd you get that idea? Oh, for some reason <laughs> I thought you didn't like it. Maybe I'm just thinking of somebody else. It's not. It's not Little Nicky. <laughs> he does that. He does that big or Jack and Jill. He does that big speech at the end of Billy Madison, where it's sort of like a, a throwback to the puppy oh. storybook, and the guy's just like, "We are dumber for having heard your speech, sir." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and by the way, I won't have any disrespect for Jack and Jill. That's got the Dunkachino scene, which is up there with like, you know, the top 10 moments in American string comedy ever. I actually, <laughs> not going to lie, I've only seen about the first 10 minutes of it because the person oh. I was watching it with says, I ain't fucking watching any more of this movie. I never got back to seeing the rest of it. <laughs> we should do a Sandler thing at some stage. I'd be all for it because I feel like he's somewhat redeemed himself in recent times. Oh, absolutely he has. Oh, look, he's, he's, he's such an interesting cat. So, I mean, I think we should do like a top five, our, our top five Sandlers or something. That fucking speech he gave when he won the award recently was like, hello, my name is Adam Sandler. <laughs> he, does the, he, does, he, does, he does a dumb Adam Sandler voice. I was like, yeah. this, guy, this guy gets it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, he's fantastic at Uncut Gems. And then, oh, then that's he great, gives, yeah. And then he gives his acceptance speech and, Hello, my name is Adam Sandler. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, that, that, that was like his, that was his way of saying fuck you to all his critics. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, um, I remember he did one. Oh, it was like the Saturday Night Live 25th anniversary special, I think. It was like around, the, around 2000 or whatever. And, you know, Sandler came out and started giving his speech and he was very, very sort of soft-spoken and, I'm Adam Sandler. Yeah, a lot of good years on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, and not really doing a speech and he goes, I'm sorry, the only reason I'm a star is because of good uh, good writers like these guys. And he brought out like Robert Smigel and a few, and Jim Downey and I think one or two others. And said, now these guys are going to give me some great things to say. And they sort of whispered <laughs> in his ear and then he goes, shabba-da-doo. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of his speech was just, <laughs> and then someone whispered in his ear and he'd go <laughs> Honestly, and, and 
you know, they were all so funny, but Sandler was just selling it so well. Like, and he was on the verge of cracking up, but it was, it was so marvellous. So, yeah, uh, listeners, yeah, I think we're going to have to do a, a Guy and Dando top five Sandlers at some stage. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to just, let's just do commentaries of his films, because I think we just laugh all day, it'd be great. Anyway. Hmm. Um, okay, back to, back to Simpson Safari. Back to, back to Simpson Safari. Let, let's get back onto the negative train, shall we? <laughs> I'm, all you know we're, is, hello, we're my name is Adam Sandler. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Watch. By the way, you have to look up. It's a it's a talk show. I think it might be Conan, where he's telling the story about playing basketball about somebody against somebody. I'm not <laughs> going to tell you the punchline. Just look for it. Just type like Adam Sandler basketball story, and it will come up. It's fucking incredible. Okay. Um, all right. So that, that's your YouTube job for the day uh, for the week, uh, listeners. So anyway, so what's happened? Homer has said that you failed. Yeah. So family now drinking cows blood. Lisa's got the neck thing done. What's it called? Neck. What's the extender called? Oh, I'm just going with just neck rings. The, the, the long neck. Yeah. Bart's got his yeah. uh, lip disc. They're singing and dancing. They're getting into a frenzy for hours. Homer slaps the hungry, hungry hippo, mm. and then continue- to do to do um sorry just to do one last African name drop. When I was uh, when I was in Kenya, was at the Masai Mara. We visited a um, um, an African camp, or you know, a little homestead or whatever. And the the villagers were there, and they actually did that sort of leaping dance, and you know, invited us uh, uh, <laughs> painful whiteies to go and did it. And I I did it. I jumped in, and I think there's a photo of me somewhere doing it. So I'll I'll put that online for us all to see and laugh at. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. This is the thing, though, it's a Every episode these days, you're saying, I'll put it up in the group. I'll put it up on Facebook. You never and do. And I never do. And I never do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but this time I mean it. <laughs> so, Katenge risked his life for The Simpsons. I thought Katenge was dead, man, after watching this. I'm like, this guy ain't surviving oh, yeah. this shit. Um, oh, hippos, but- hippos are the worst. Hippos are more dangerous than lions. Oh, man, I know. And they're fucking fast, too. Yeah. They're terrifying. Yeah, they- they, 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 don't they kill more humans in Africa than lions? Apparently so. Hmm. So they jump onto the shield. Hippos hate water. No, they don't. Hippos are afraid of water. I <laughs> didn't mind this that. Hippo, <laughs> yeah, this particular hippo is definitely afraid. Yes. <laughs> then we've got, yeah, yeah, cliche, no, positive direction, like fork in the road, positive direction and a negative mm-hmm. direction and the wind blows them down the, the, the bad way. We come back from commercial... And Homer's okay. Here's the th- here's the thing. We're hopelessly lost and going to die. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they always get eaten by crocodiles. <laughs> Eating crocodiles is like going to sleep in a giant blender. <laughs> I've, it would be a horrible way to go. Being eaten alive, man. I don't even oh, think yeah. about it. Oh, oh, being rolled. Me. I don't, I don't know if it's crocodiles or alligators or both that sort of roll you. Uh, the the, the death it- roll, yeah. The death roll, and then they store you somewhere and just sort of keep you as a snack. They've got like a larder or a pantry. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> pantry. <laughs> uh, so Homer's reading the map on the back of the box. They see the natives, who are actually nice. <laughs> yeah. Homer, Homer very light, very sensitive. <laughs> that could have really hurt. <laughs> I really enjoyed, though. It just, I enjoyed the, the, the animation of just Homer just going, ugh. <laughs> just like throwing a spear, like I mean, it may sound ridiculous, but if you're in that situation, I too would think that I'm in trouble. If they're looking at me with greasy looks in their face, I'm like, I'm probably gonna die right now. 
Probably yes, but um, I'm in, I'm invading their territory. And they have every right to be angry with me. It's a wholly reasonable reaction. We then get the uh, so Homer throughout the episode continues to sort of remind the the viewers about that first act. So he's like, "I wonder if they settled that bag boy strike yet." And it's like, "Don't keep reminding uh, us of the fact that you wasted seven minutes of my life on that story." I don't know. Again, it's one of those jokes that kind of I think would it sounds good in theory. It's like. They're in one of, you know, they're in this beautiful continent surrounded by, you know, lush jungle, the crate of life and everything like that. And Homer's mind keeps going back to, the thing about bag boys. You know, I mean, I like, yeah, I like the idea of it. I don't like the way it was pulled off. <laughs> As opposed to when it is pulled <laughs> off correctly. Yeah. <laughs> they arrive and fall down Victoria Falls. They land in the flower that is easily... They easily escape from because it's just a flower. <laughs> are we going to play on the are we there yet? But it's are we insane yet? I've told you, yes. And then Homer orders Bart to go to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro to see if they can see their hotel. <laughs> and before he, he obliges, but before he can start walking, the monkey arrives and <laughs> they walk off. Maybe the monkey can take us to somewhere safe or to more mouth watering monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they then arrive at Joan. Bushwell's uh, Chimp Refuge, which is a play uh, take on uh, Jane Goodall, as you said, who is like, as you did mention, uh, the closest thing to a saint that we can get on earth, right? Very much so. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, one of my favorite uh, videos of recent times is uh, Ms. Goodall helping to release uh, an orphaned or a, a wounded chimp back into the wild. And it's let out of its cage after it's been in the preserve. It steps out for a bit. It comes back uh, to almost like to thank it's the people who it's helped. And it gives Jane Goodall a big hug. It's like, oh my God, this is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so, it's like uh, it knows. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Props to Jane Goodall. So I noticed your home smells of feces. Yes. And not just monkey feces either. Bushwell explains her usual day, and again, I get, I I didn't see it as this when I watched it, but now that you pointed it out, Homer is just a complete fuckhead throughout this entire episode. So he makes fun of her, saying how yeah. boring her life must be because she's helping monkeys all day. And I'm like, yeah. The, the more I, the more I'm critiquing and going through it with detail, I'm like, you're right. Every time I'm mentioning Homer, he's being a jerk. Yes. <laughs> for no for no reason. <laughs> And and not uh, not a, a a nicely funny jerk or even an acidically funny jerk. No, just, just a mean. Just a a boorish asshole. Yeah, you're right. You are you are oh, you have swayed me, sir. You are correct. Homer is very very bad, badly written in this episode. <laughs> the power of my the power of my convincing argument. Hooray! The poachers arrive. So hope so they're here to get the monkeys. And Homer says, we must protect these noble animals scratching its ass on a tree. Reminds me of that classic internet video of the monkey scratching its ass and sniffing it and falling off the branch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, I did, so I did like this. So, I mean, the, the coconut bombs or whatever is a bit lame. Marge and Lisa shooting the bees and the car explodes. But Homer, somebody like this monkey. <laughs> 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 just felt like, just that felt like silly Homer as opposed to joke Homer. Yeah. So... Lisa then realizes that it's actually Greenpeace. These guys are here to save the monkeys as opposed to steal them and use them for just well, just to kill them, I guess, use them for their fur and stuff. What why would you poach a monkey? What what game would you have? Um, I think some people like them as pets. 
I think monkey paws, uh, particularly great ape paws, are viewed as a bit of a um, uh, a bit of a trophy. Fuck those people. Oh, I know. Oh, poachers are the absolute worst. I, if I had any balls at all, I would re I would uh, throw all this behind, even four finger discount, Dando. I'd quit it all and uh, go to Africa and retrain as one of those badasses who go out on the uh, on the savannas and on the plains and basically sort of hunt poachers. How satisfying would it be? It would be extremely satisfying. Now, having said that, there are all sort of, you know, there's all manner of uh, things to take into account. I imagine that, po- you know, the, the people who poach, I'm sure they're not just doing it, you know, to add, you know, another... Uh, wing of gold to their diamond-encrusted mansion. I'm pretty sure they're doing it because, you know, they don't have much of another choice to put food on the table or keep a roof over their heads. But still, we've got to find... It, we need to find other ways to sort of yeah, keep these people fed and um, a roof over their head because, yeah, poaching, not cool. Not a fan. So discover that there's actually a diamond mine here in the in the refuge. It's not. She's not saving monkeys. She's keeping them hostage so that she, they can go find all the diamonds for her. And they'll go through all the different diamonds and... But then they have they have him somewhat defending her because he hasn't said anything for a while. Uh, her research is actually just different movie monkeys, which is I thought you might have liked. Yeah. Actually, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> and then uh, Bushwell comes clean and she's just completely lost her mind. I thought Tress McNeil acted very well here. All right. So I snapped. You don't understand the crushing loneliness and greed. Don't worry, doctor. We'll get you all the help you need. No! Don't put me away! I'll give you diamonds. Everybody wants diamonds. Diamonds will make everything all better. Diamonds! 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 I just thought she just sounded genuinely insane. Absolutely. Now, Tress has been throwing some heat last couple of episodes. Well done. Uh, so, it, we're led to believe that Bushwell bought the family off by giving them all diamonds so that she can get away and not be held uh, accountable for her actions. Mm-hmm. So those poor monkeys are still in the mind somewhere. Katenge is now president and Montu is now a flight attendant. Even again, this, this episode ends with Homer being a jerk. Yeah, uh, like, now he's, he's just a-, a lousy flight attendant. I'm like, yeah. if you're a flight attendant watching this go, you'd feel so bad. <laughs> yeah. What's with you? What? Wh- why are you being such a dick this episode, Homer? Why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. then they close out with that thing about, you know, dedicated to the bag boys who's, you know, Something in ineptness. I believe it says, I dedicate to the hardworking bad boys of America whose ineptness and greed were the inspiration for this episode. Okay, yeah, look, that just again feels like... Mm, we're <laughs> Check us out, we're smart showbiz guys. <laughs> yeah, better than bad boys. Like, dude, how about you just get fucked? Um, also, <laughs> also, ineptness. I mean, I know it's, it's, it's a word, but ineptitude is the actual proper thing when you're talking about... It someone being inept or the state of being inept ineptitude ineptness is kind of a, a a cheap workaround use ineptitude or is that the joke the fact that they're being inept in their use of the word no oh, maybe but uh, ineptness is actually a word i looked it up on google <laughs> anyway so overall um i thought this is going to be a short one just looking down at the uh, recorder this is one of the longer reviews we've done so far i guess we had a lot to uh a not enjoy and b fill <laughs> well, true, but uh, look, we spent twenty minutes ten, talking at about least, our love about Adam Sandler. <laughs> at least ten minutes of this episode is us saying, "Hey, let's do something on Adam Sandler." Yeah, um, <laughs> and twenty minutes is my pointless travelogue of my time in Africa. T- 
10 years no, ago. No, but that's, that's, I, fuck, man. You told, you woke up to elephants walking past your window. That is one of the coolest stories you've ever told me. <laughs> and, and I've interviewed Quentin Tarantino, don't you know? <laughs> 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 see, see, I would lay in bed, hear those sounds, and go, Prince Ali. <laughs> what do we learn, Palmer? All right. Well, this week, Mister Davis, I certainly learned one thing, and that is, do not badmouth Africa in front of Guy Davis. <laughs> Absolutely not. Big fan <laughs> of the crate of life. I am. Um, Did you learn anything from this besides the fact that you uh, don't like people <clears throat> hanging shit on, particularly the Simpsons hanging shit on Africa? Yeah, that I'm, that I'm not a fan of Simpson Safari in this particular episode. One thing I did learn is that there's apparently a word called ineptness, which um, yeah. yeah, which I'm still struggling to come to terms with. Um, I am team ineptitude for life. Ineptness. Fuck off with that. He's <laughs> so angry this week. <laughs> <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be... All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for your new name championship. The current leaderboard stands at this... Uh, in third position, Josh Hedge on 13. In second position, Alistair Danik on 14. And in first position, D.L. Gorman on 15. Take it away. Da, 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 da. New titles. Uh, look, some, uh, as the French say, some mentions honorable before mm-hmm. we get to uh, the gold, silver, and bronze. Alice Cayley Burton uh, gave us, yes, uh, Lisa in the mine with diamonds. Ooh, I like it. Being a Beatles fan, I do appreciate that one. I figured a man with a John Lennon tattoo on his forearm would probably dig something like that. <laughs> uh, James Booth gave us Bag Boys for Life. <laughs> that's, that's great, actually. <laughs> I mean, if this episode was more about the Bad Boy situation, that would be the perfect title. I reckon so. I think so. And um, Philip Hawkins uh, took us back to the 90s with Bungle to Jungle, a mm. play on the little remembered Tim Allen comedy uh, from 1990, whatever. Um, which I which <laughs> I really liked as a kid. <laughs> I remember seeing it and thinking, okay, this happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, like, <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't terrible, but it's. I think it's one of the... Um, I think Tim Allen has, as we said, the Toy Story movies and Galaxy Quest and then a few other movies. And, 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 (laughs) so Bungle to Jungle, not bad from Philip Hawkins, but they're just outside the top three. But what's in the top three, I hear you thinking, Dando. Let me tell you. One point goes to Nick James. Nick James, bitch. (laughs) He's Nick James, bitch. Uh, For Doe Exotic. As in Joe Exotic, the Tiger King. Very, very good. So that puts him on two points now. Yeah, nice one, Nick. Uh, two points, speaking of, go to D.L. Gorman. Clawing away now on 17 points. What's D.L. got for us? D.L. gave us a couple of good ones, uh, including Chimpin' Ain't Easy. And... <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Being a wrestling fan, Pippin' Ain't Easy was like the Godfather saying in like the late 90s, so <laughs> I really appreciate that, yeah. He also gave us Diamonds Are For Homer, um, mm-hmm. which is a nice play on the James Bond Diamonds Are Forever title. Mm. Mm. But three points. He's back and he's bringing the heat. Geroid Harrahill. Geroid, out of gear. nowhere, out of the shadows. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's been lurking for a while, uh, but he's come back to let you know who's boss. He's got a few He's got a few here, so let me just run some of them past you. Uh, the song Africa by Doto. Uh, if you, if, so if you want to if you want to appear uh, appeal sorry to Guy Davis, Toto is the way to his heart. <laughs> Especially if there's a dog dancing to it. <laughs> 
Oh, it was my cheer up. I think we've talked about that in the past, on, haven't we? <laughs> whenever, whenever we're having a shit date pop culture, we would hear that playing from your computer, just knowing you're trying to cheer yourself up. <laughs> I've forgotten what I've forgotten what type of dog it was. Just a little bit like Pomeranian, wasn't it? I thought it might be like a German Shepherd or something. I thought it was like no, a no, dog. it was a it was a tiny little dog. Oh, okay then. But yes, it was. Um, it was just doing his little sort of, uh, you know, that dance that dogs do when uh, when they're hungry. And, yeah, ha- ha- waiting for food, yeah. Yes, and someone had queued it up to um, Africa by Toto, and it was just perfect. It was beautifully synchronised. Um, I know I always say, hey, I'm going to put that online, but that's one I'm definitely going to put online um, because everyone should share in it. It's that good. But guess what is also good? Some of Gear's alternative titles as well, like The Chimpsons. Wow, well done, sir. Mm, but uh, my personal favourite, and maybe the one that snared him the three points, the gold medal, is the Jungle Crook. Ah, oh, see, appeals to the the Disney, like the, the, my childhood, the Jungle Book, and it relates to this episode. It's it's got everything that needs. Well done, Mister Mister Harry Hill. Harry Hill, top of the hill. Uh, he's uh, he's he's done it. I, I'll, I'm not sure of his points. You'll have to read out the leaderboard, but uh, he's back with a vengeance. He's back in points form. That is for damn sure. So <laughs> Josh Hedge now has been bumped to fourth position on 13 points. Alistair still lingering in the top three on 14. Garode on 15 points in second position. And DL with that two points puts him two points ahead of Garode. If DL didn't get those two points, it would have been an equal tie for first. So it's very oh. close atop the leaderboard. I'm very excited to see who wins this this season's uh, $100 gift card. Oh, it's just $100 cash, actually. Just $100 cash, cold hard cash from your favorites, Guy and Dando. Yeah, primarily Dando. I'm not giving you any of my damn money. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now we've got a competition. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we've got so many people on the leaderboard. But uh, yes, the uh, the folks streaking to the uh, to the front of the line. Well, it's it's going to be an interesting one as we reach the end of the season. Yes, there's only a few episodes left. Don't forget, guys, if you can just get your name on the leaderboard, even if it's just one point, you'll go into the wild card draw, which will be for a fifty dollar. Uh, not, not, I keep saying vouchers, not a voucher, it's just $50 cash. You'll win $50 cash if you win the wild card as well. So keep sending your new names through. We love seeing them all through each and every week. I mean, this it's just crazy now, isn't it? You put the uh, the post up in the Facebook group and you get like 100 responses like within a day. It's crazy. Indeed. Even for a subpar episode like Simpson <laughs> Safari, uh, we got close to around 75. So yeah. it, great stuff. So now I believe, Mr. Davis, it is time we read out some new names for our beloved followers on Twitter and Instagram from our Twitwits, as you call them. So at Four Finger Pod, if you're not following us on Twitter yet, if you want to uh, get involved with this, what have we got this week for Simpson Safari? At Dylan Harris says Jungle Booze. Not bad. Uh, I like this one. <laughs> At Paul underscore Swiderski says, Pepsi presents Simpson Safari. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dan Thompson, our man, at Dan Thompson 1086. Quidgibos in the mist. Uh, Quidgibos, a throwback to the second episode of all time, I believe it was, Bart the Genius. All right, let's jump onto the Instagram page. What do we got on Instagram? Ooh, Slim Pickens here on Instagram. It, it, clearly, there haven't been many entries this week. Clearly, that's a sign that people don't really like this episode either. So, on our Instagram, we've got from here, at named after a book. Uh, Homer's in the mist, so similar to Quidgibos in the mist, and here at Jack Butler eight eight nine zero nine one twenty two minutes. I'll never get back, and I think Mr. Davis, you'd have to agree. But in saying all that, Mr. Davis, we, we are getting some solid entries from our followers. Even if they're slim picking, still getting some solid entries from our followers on Twitter and Instagram, aren't we? We are just 
I can't believe the imagination and ingenuity. I have said this more than once, and I will say it more than twice. Just, yeah, smart people, smart, tasteful folks uh, enjoying four-finger discount, you know, beyond the reasons of just you and I. But, I mean, they're clearly just very, uh, you know, they're savvy individuals. God bless them, each and every one. As we said, guys, follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod and Instagram at Four Finger Discount. If you want to contribute a new name, just follow us as well. There's plenty of shenanigans happening on there. And if you want to be part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, just going to be a $1 plus patron, patreon.com slash Four Finger Discount. But now it is time for. Javale! Javale is here! Ooh! Yes, as Homer just said, it is time for the mailbag. We have plenty of questions coming through this week, Mr. Davis. This one here comes from Andrew Palakati. He says, uh, aside from Bart versus Australia, what's your favorite Simpsons Abroad episode and your least favorite? The one that always comes straight to my mind is when they go to Tokyo. I'm, I'm thinking that one as well. I guess I'm a very big fan of the uh, of uh, 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. As um, well, I alluded to earlier this episode, one of my favorite uh, gags of all time. That's not how I remember it. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's even how Homer says it, but I like saying it like that. I re- I, I tracked it down and uh, revisited it uh, just prior to this episode, and he says it. He doesn't put as much of a sort of a spin on it, but uh, I like the I like doing it my way. So um, yeah, that's probably my favourite. Um, I'm. I wonder what my least favourite uh, <laughs> Simpsons goes <laughs> abroad episode is. Hmm, what could it be? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's the, if I can recall, the only two times they went properly abroad in like the golden era, I think. Because they went, they go to England coming up very, very soon. And I haven't watched that one for a long time, but I've heard that one is pretty good. It's got uh, Tony Blair in it and it's got oh. the, the, the Homer... Homer uh, rear ends the queen and things like that. So, excuse me. Yes, he rear ends her, good and proper. Ooh, uh. <laughs> there's some, uh, some there's obviously some notable names from England in that episode. So, looking forward to checking that one out again. But for me, it's also Thirty Minutes Over Tokyo. I didn't really like that one one as much as a kid. But when we went back and did the review for it, I just thought it was a, a, a lot of fun. So yeah, Thirty Minutes Over Tokyo. All right, next question here. Ian Astley says, "Would you eat deep fried pizza?" I am reaching a stage in my life where I've got to be sort of well. I at least have to pretend to be careful about what I eat. So I think even regular pizza is probably starting to take its toll, you know, turn me into a rather barrel-shaped gentleman. So, uh, look, deep-fried pizza, I don't know. I think I might have to pass. I think there's only a few things that I enjoy deep-fried. Fish is one of them. Um, chicken is another. But uh, pizza, no, pizza's good enough by itself. It doesn't need the additional, uh, you know, flavour sting of, of deep-fry. What well, do you see, think, Dando? Pizza's the thing for me. Pizza's the takeaway that I can eat and not feel as guilty because if I'm trying to go like uh, anti-deep fried food for a while, uh, pizza's sort of like the treat I can sort of have and not feel as guilty. You know, because if you yeah, have chips look- or whatnot, it's like, oh, it's all deep fried stuff. But at pizza, it's like, okay, it's got some cheese on it and there's some carbs with the, with the bread, but it's like, it's not as bad as deep fried yeah. chicken, you know? It's, pri- it's primarily, you know, mushrooms and tomato and, yeah. uh, you know, it's got, it's got veggies feeling, in it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if you're feeling, ex- um, you know, adventurous, artichoke hearts or something along those lines. I Yeah, I think I had artichoke hearts on my pizza, you know, the last time I had one. It's like, this is good. Glad, what, glad. On your the, the capriccioso when you were four? No, 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 no. Well, that, <laughs> well, when I started my, yes, I started on capriccioso and I've got more and more sort of adventurous as time has gone by. But I think I got it like, um, I got the special, the house special from. Oh, the uh, special's just got everything on it, hasn't it? 
indeed, from Enzo's on Packington Street in Geelong. A fine, fine establishment and probably my pizza joint of choice. But, uh, yeah, they threw a little artichoke heart on there and, uh, yeah, added a mm, little bit of taste sensation to uh, to my pizza experience. But uh, deep fry, no. I would say yeah. no. It's a big no deal for me as well. Henrik asks, have ever, either of us been to Africa? I haven't, but as you said in the podcast with your elephant past the bed bedroom story you certainly have and um, i'm very jealous <laughs> the That's elephant in the room yes yeah. yeah, it's a great story um andrew kelly asked with what exotic animal have we ever killed nah neither i think i've ever killed an exotic animal what about you mr davis i don't think i've killed any animal uh well i don't know, I know you, yeah, you didn't you say you, you hit a kangaroo once and you felt bad I'll, about it i thought i may have hit a dog in the dark but then i went looking for the dog and i couldn't find it yeah so i can only see him sort of slinked off you know feeling yeah. You know, <laughs> lucky escape there, but I better not hang around because he's come to find me. So, <laughs> but I felt very bad about that. But no, I don't think I've ever sort of, um, I don't think I've ever killed like a mammal or anything like that. I've killed my share of insects. I can see, I can see you being a, an anti-Spider-Man. Kind of, although lately, uh, I've, I mean, I've got one or two spiders. Are you noticing more spiders around? Yes, a lot of spiders. So Elliot's got his little cubby house out in the backyard and we moved it from the deck to the grass and no shit within two days was just full of cobwebs, just full of spiders. Yeah, yeah. my car has just like got, you know, cobwebs and spiderwebs all over it. I don't, did I tell the story about how I was driving in town the other day? Well, when I say the other day, I mean like a month and a half ago. And, you know, I had the window open because it was a hot day and all of a sudden noticed near my elbow, holy shit, that's a huntsman and a big one. And it's crawled inside the car, and I'm driving at this stage. So I mean, I could. Did you put this on Facebook? I did. It was a dirty, great huntsman. I think that's where I've seen it. I don't think you've told the listeners. Continue. Yeah, yeah, but it started. It was crawling all over the dashboard, (laughs) Um, and you know, I'm driving through the Geelong CBD. It's not especially busy, but I mean, it's not. I can't really sort of pull over anywhere. I've got to go. Describe how big the spider is, though. People don't. People uh, listening might not know what a huntsman is. Well, a huntsman is a fairly big spider, although they're not. Are they poisonous? I mean, I don't. I don't. Think I don't be. think they are. Are they considered just house spiders? Probably, yeah, because I've currently got two lurking around my one in the hallway, one in the living room, and I've decided to just let them be. Yeah, it's I just figured, the white. Know, the white tails you have to be careful of. That's all. Yes, and I did encounter a white tail the other day uh, when I was doing some work in a dusty old warehouse, and so you know, there was a spider that uh, you know sort of came skittling past, and I said. Oh, you look, that looks like one of those poisonous ones. Have you got a little white butt? You've got a little white butt. Okay, yes, I'll, <laughs> I'll steer clear of you. Um, yeah, but the, no, Huntsman, well, not quite as big as my hand. And I don't have super big hands, but I mean, I've got, I've got human-sized hands. It was <laughs> Human-sized <a> hands. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I'm sick of these steals about my giant hand. No, no, no. <laughs> um, a little smaller than my hand, but so a fairly big Huntsman. And it was sort of just crawling around the car, you know, looking for a place to go. And, oh. Eventually, I pulled over. But, you know, I was feeling very sort of St. Francis of Assisi. I'm like, I'm not going to kill this spider. I mean, you know, he was just looking for a ride. He, you know, he, I might have been its version of Uber. So <laughs> It was sitting on the side of the road with his little, t- little arm out. <laughs> Essentially. But then I, I got a park and I was just trying to sort of scoot it out of the car and it, you know, it got on the, uh, it landed on the footpath, and then just sort of, you know, trotted away. And I'm like, you know what? Go in, go in peace, little dude or little mm. lady. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to kill you. So, 
There oh, we, 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 we had a white tail right above our door. When I say right above our door, to the front door when you opened it, on the frame, just above it, and it was just Ooh. right there, and it was a big white tail. I said, Nick, all right, I'm going to get it. And I'm one of those people that I don't like to kill anything unless I really have to, right? Mm. Even if it's a white tail. And I got the, I got the broom, and I sort of knocked the white tail off into the ground. And we had a stare down, and it just all of a sudden sort of arched its back and put its two front legs up at me as if to say, oh you want to go, mate? And I was like, you know what, mate? You've got balls of steel. You have just looked at me and gone, I can take this guy. So I just <laughs> flipped him out into the grass and he was off on his merry way. I was like, the fact that you stood there, David versus Goliath and went, bring it on, motherfucker. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> I've it never earned seen your respect. The, the spider, it literally fucking stood back and just saw like two front arms went up. Like, it looked like fucking Mike Tyson's ready to go for me. I was like, <laughs> yeah, mate, you've earned my respect. You can go. <laughs> I, would, I can wholly understand you... Um you know, being ready to kill a, like a, a venomous spider given that you've got two little people in the house and all. and of course Nicola. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, pr- yeah, props to that spider for like, oh, fuck you, man. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and good on you for, yeah, game recognising game and saying, all right, out of here, you can live to fight another day. Yes. <laughs> all righty, guys. Well, that's our review of Simpson Safari. Hope you enjoyed listening to it more than what Guy Davis did watching it. Uh, <laughs> next week you're in for a treat Mr. Davis you're going to be very very happy so this is an episode that Mitch and I have already already reviewed as like a future review for patrons Ooh. so we're going to go and revisit it it is called Trilogy of Error and it takes the Pulp Fiction sort of uh, scenario where they do three different people's day and they all intertwine and it's a fucking perler it's one of my favourites of the post golden year it's one of my favourites of all time I absolutely love Trilogy of Error so I think you're in for a real treat. So okay. stick well, around. Don't, don't quit the podcast just yet. <laughs> <laughs> to quote the uh, the great 80s uh, UK pop singer Yaz, the only way is up after Simpson Safari. So I'm looking forward to Trilogy of Error. Don't forget to rate and review us in the iTunes store, guys. We would love to hear what you guys think of the show. And if you can give us five stars, like I said, that would be much appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod, Instagram at Four Finger Discount. And if you want to support the show, and get this show a week early and all our other shows that we do much earlier as well like Tales of Futurama Talking Seinfeld Take a Like a Mandalorian The Guy and Dando Show and much much more for as little as $1 per month you can be a patron at patreon.com slash four figure discount next week is Trilogy of Error but for now I am Dando Mr. Davis any final words for the listeners? Well this is for one particular listener it's for Jonathan Rossi who uh well, he said bonus points if I sang this. I don't know if he wants bonus points or if I get bonus points. <laughs> anyway, it's bonus points. But uh, it's the an Jonathan alternative Rossi title. Final words leaderboard. It's an alternative title that didn't quite make the cut. But people say I'm crazy. I got dopemans on the soles of my shoes. Yeah, we going with that. <laughs> let's let's go with that. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> Shh.